You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. He whispered, did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the pop sex. You just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody and welcome back to this week's episode yeah. <laughs> of Eleven D Life, where we are doing album commentary on the Basic Glitches album. And this is the we're starting on to the back half of the record, and this is unprecedented for us because we're doing our first Rock Candy crossover episodes with Sacred Tension. I'm gonna let you <laughs> fill that in. <laughs> yes. So and so we recorded uh, the first two episodes that you that you heard already last week was super super fun i'm looking forward to doing it again this week hooray yeah yeah so it'll be so much fun I and also so, i feel honored and also for uh sacred tension listeners matt langston is a my personal lord and savior because he is <laughs> <laughs> he is the one who who helped me get sacred tension off of the ground and i'm the shittiest lord and savior that you'll ever claim <laughs> well you're better than jesus oh wow <laughs> um so shots fired <laughs> hot take um and he does all the music for the show so all the music that you hear on sacred tension and on the patreon podcast house of heretics that all comes from the jelly rocks which is his solo project and 117 which is his band so there you go so now we are going to cover his latest album basic glitches <laughs> yay you feel good about that you feel like you've informed your listeners well yeah. enough yeah i think so okay i think they're on top of it <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I'm just trying to put it into context because it's like lately I've just been having lots of deviants and Satanists and sex workers and authors and scientists. And now it's like fucking Matt Langston. <laughs> like, where does he fit in, the, in this lineup? Yeah, the speed just dropped to 20. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to have you on you too. our podcast, though. Yeah, it's we need to. Fun. It's been way too long. I need to have you on more often. That's true. It is true. So, <laughs> People love you. So we're essentially just like talking through some commentary on the album. And this week we are starting out with a song off of Basic Glitches called Cookie. And <laughs> I'm okay. Are, are yes. you looking up the lyrics to it? Now? I have the lyrics you right have in front of me. Okay. So I thought maybe we would start with a dramatic reading of some of Steven's favorite lines of the song. Because yeah, I feel I, like if I you haven't... read the lyrics to this song, they sound. Oh, immensely fucking, ridiculous fucking hilarious okay so we're in the second half of the album so it is so what i like about this album is that it's all about duality and so the first half of the album is very dark and existential and working through like trauma and grief from growing up in the christian world right and now we are into the kind of silly side of the album right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I th- so. actually think that's a really good and important preface. Yes. Um, as I feel like I've talked about this before to some degree, but I it's really important to me to be as honest as I can be in the music that I create about who I am as a person and what I'm going through because I feel like the honesty resonates with other people who want to hear honesty and who appreciate it in their own lives. And so I am the kind of person that likes to sit down and dive into all of these different traumatic things and explore them and and do my best to be vulnerable in the songs that I write. But then after I've done that, I feel like I kind of need like a cracker to reset my taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> and so the so other half of the record the is just, it's immensely silly. It's fun. Right. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I feel like it. there's always been this kind of goofy, silly side to your music that doesn't take itself very seriously. Absolutely. And that's what I love about it. So it's like this combination of very real trauma and existential angst and kind of working through that. And that's been true for a lot of your recent music. Yeah. But then throughout your whole <laughs> catalog of music, <laughs> it it never takes itself too seriously. And I really like that. So this song reminds me of a Nicki Minaj song. Oh, okay. Which one? It, uh, Starships. Ah. Uh, yeah. Or, or just, it has that vibe. Okay. To it. <clears throat> So I have not chosen a favorite <laughs> lyric from this song. So I'll just okay. I'll just start. <clears throat> Go for it. Never made it in the punk rock crowd. I beep boop just a little too loud. I'm pet cemetery. Can't keep me down now. Hey, Mr. Sound Guy. Just make me loud guy. Google search, you can find me on a mission with a stacked backpack full of whack ambition now. The whole planet is my brand new kitchen. I'm mixing up fixins like a Sunday (laughs) dinner now. Soak it all in, but remember, a true butterfly knows that he come from a caterpillar. Let the fruit show where the root comes from. Some people earn wings. Some find them in the trust fund. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I go on or is that enough? I think that's enough. That's probably enough. (laughs) Um, What I should do is take take everything that you just said and actually put it over the song itself. Just like mute my vocals and put your and just have it be the Stephen. I agree. The, the yes, Bradford. Can we can remix. we do like a spoken word version of your album, <laughs> like yeah, a B side? <laughs> <laughs> there's a very limited uh, market for that, but yeah, someone will love it. <laughs> that one Some, person, somebody might. Yeah. So this was literally just like a fun. I want to call it a throwaway pop tune. Oh, actually, my favorite. Okay. My favorite line, and I and I don't know why, is put a fist through a rich kid's mouth, played a lot of rock shows nobody gave a shit about. So I really wanted to put just that one segment yeah, um, as like an outro or something for yeah. one of my shows. But then I was like, you know what? Someone is going to hear that and hear it way out of context and be like, Stephen Bradford Long and Matt Langston are now advocating for violence. <laughs> 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 and just take it way out of context. So I, I think the weird thing that. is you can do a lot of you can do a lot of different things in a pop song. Yeah. And it's like it's this weird kind of space where everything kind of goes and you can say what you want to say. There's so many pop songs 
that are about really, really tough topics. Like a, a lot of pop songs include references to rape, to overdose, to horrific depression. acts of violence, to depression, to suicide. And I've always kind of found that attractive about a pop song because in the same way that like comedy is a vehicle for social commentary it's a way of holding holding the social zeitgeist accountable and poking fun mm. at social norms and questioning social norms in the same way i feel like what attracts me to pop music is that it kind of does the same thing yeah in in such a way that makes it very accessible right like in such a way that you you can just enjoy the beat and the music and have fun with that or you can actually listen to what you're saying. Right. Or you can dive in and be like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? What is right actually now? <laughs> going on? Um, <clears throat> okay. So, Matt. Yes. What is this song about? Okay. So, it, this is essentially like I, when I'm writing songs, I go through a lot of different uh, lyrical revisions. Let's just say, like, trying to write a song that's like really gut wrenchingly honest for me, those end up being the songs that are on the first half of the record. I go through a lot of different lyric revisions and I try a bunch of stuff out. But in the midst of like getting myself prepped to write lyrics or to say things that I feel like are fun or that I want to say or lyrics that I want to hear, I go through these writing exercises where it's just kind of like free form thought. Like I'm, I'm sure that you did this in high school in, in your like writing courses or whatever you took. Um, Are you talking to me or yeah to, to you? No, I I never did. You that. never did. No, this. I'm kidding. Of oh, course okay. I did. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't remember. What, I can't remember what they call it. If, if they call it freeform writing or but it's essentially stream of just, stream of consciousness. stream of consciousness. Like whatever pops into your head, just start writing it down. Yay, Virginia and, Woolf. She's <laughs> the one who started that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Virginia. Thanks, Virginia. Um, and I kind of love it because it starts pulling these weird different thoughts that are rolling around in my subconscious. And then once I get them down on paper, I can kind of look back over them and see that it kind of really did come from a, a from a real place. It wasn't just me making up words. And I feel like Cookie is kind of that. It is silly. It is just a throwaway pop tune. But I feel like there's some joy in it or that I get from There's it. a lot of joy in it. Yeah. Like never made it in the punk rock crowd. We started, I mean, our band started out as a punk rock band and we never fit in. <laughs> we, we, like with the other punk rock bands. It Why was, is that? I don't know. Was it because you you didn't take yourself seriously? I, enough? I th yeah, actually, I was just talking to Jessica about this last night. Jessica, was your wife. Jessica, my wife. Your dear wife. It was exactly just that. to clarify that you are straight. Right. I was talking to her about one of the things that I was most proud of, or that I am most proud of about our band, is that we never really did take ourselves that seriously, and maybe to the detriment of like success or not being able to achieve a lot of the other things that other bands have been able to achieve. But I just remember so much of touring, being on tour with bands who were just like, I mean, they were like prepping their hair backstage before they went on. Yeah. They were, you know, constantly meeting with other songs. Like the whole idea of them being in a band was just to be successful, was to play this role of being a rock band that people admired and looked up to and right. that want they wanted to be like. And it was never our intention to be cultural trendsetters you know what i mean or to mm -hmm. be looked up to or admired in that way we always just wanted to have fun just wanted to have fun and just wanted to help facilitate joy yeah and i think you do i with, think in some way well like going to your live shows i feel like you do that really really well like the the banter that you and davy have is so fucking hilarious <laughs> and the, like the back and forth between you and davy and 
I I've I kind of approach your live shows with some trepidation because I'm like, I have no fucking clue what he's going to say. Like, what is going to come out of Matt's mouth? How incriminating is it going to be? And it, I don't know. It's just so much fun. No, it, it is because I, I feel like live shows for me are also kind of stream of consciousness, which is why I try not to talk <laughs> as much in between songs anymore because <laughs> I can get myself into a, a rat's nest pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've watched you get yourself into a rat's yeah. nest. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still friends with me, Stephen. I am. After all that's this time, that's so kind of you. After all these years, yeah. Um, so that's the never made in a punk rock crowd line. Beep boop a little too loud. That was even within our own band. Like when we were first starting out, I was always kind of pushing to move towards more like synthesizers and uh, mm-hmm. pop electronic sort of stuff and gamer boy music. Gamer boy music, and which I love. I right. love it. I love it too. The I've other guys in our band it. felt like it was not, felt like that wasn't as respectable. That was like a harder thing to walk into a venue and appear like Which a is tough fine. guy when, yeah. you know, Matt shows up with his Hello Kitty backpack and a little tiny synthesizer. <laughs> 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 and they're like, yeah, we're tough. Just don't look at our lead singer. I now, love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Thinking about that. Because I, so I spent some time in the music world in the classical side of things, and I've encountered that exact same thing. Just people who are so unbelievably full of themselves, and it just creates this toxic, Mm. awful, ugly space. And I honestly think that's one reason why I left the classical music world. I don't consider myself a musician anymore. It was not a great experience. And just wanted to look at everyone in that setting and be like you know what it's it's uh, including myself because i was kind of that way too yeah just eventually getting to the point where it's like none of us are none of us are this amazing none of us are the best singers on the planet none (laughs) of us are the best musicians right like and and trying this constant striving to be the best is just robbing us of all the joy that could be had in being musicians. Right. And it's all circumstantial. Like it's all it's all an illusion. It's a fabrication. Like the uh, the band itself is a fabrication. It's a label that you put on to something that you're creating. But at the end of the day, it's not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even these songs that we listen to, you can't see the song. It's all a facade. You're just, it's all a facade. You're just experiencing it in the moment. And that was that's the other thing too, is like my entire life my parents still have no fucking clue what I do. <laughs> so, I mean, mine too. Like, they have they, no they've idea. They've been to shows, but they don't get it. Like they don't <laughs> quite understand what's happening, or why people are into it, or like what's going on. That's great. And so, I my whole life has kind of been this this whole thing where this whole roller coaster ride where maybe one minute I'm on stage and people really appreciate what I do or people know who I am or or, or like my band or want to be a part of that group or that community of people and then the next day you know I'm at a work cookout with my wife and nobody there gives a shit oh yeah who I am or what I do and doesn't really want you know what I mean oh yeah because it's also like kind of this really nerdy thing like well I produce it's a very music. niche yeah it's exactly. very niche no so I have this experience all the time 
time where there are people who come, there are people who send me emails and messages on Twitter or whatnot and who are like, your work has helped me find myself. Your work has helped me, you know, has changed my life. Well, you're the creator of Google Maps. I'm the creator of Google Maps. (laughs) I help people find themselves and find, you know, find their destination. Right. And so there are some people who really, really love my stuff but it's such a tiny niche crowd and there it's such a tiny niche weird crowd while at the same time I manage a grocery store (laughs) like that's what I do for the majority of my time yeah you know I'm doing customer service I'm helping little old ladies take their groceries out to the car like that's that's my life. You're facilitating joy on more than just... On multiple levels. More than just a content creation. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope to, <clears throat> to be able to keep doing that. Yeah. Anyway. I love it. I feel like overall this song is like a... It's a pump up for me. Me like, too. It's something that I feel like it's helps a great me morning get song. Hyped. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I really, really, really do like it. Like the lines, especially because Nicki Minaj was spoiled for me because I remember. Okay, confession moment. Back in 2013, okay, when my boyfriend broke up with me, right. it was my first boyfriend, and he broke up with me totally out of the blue. And I remember it was Ash. It was the night before Ash Wednesday, so it was the night before I was going to go get confirmed in the Catholic Church. Right. I was listening to Nicki Minaj. Why? I have no idea. (laughs) And then I got drunk on a gigantic bottle of moonshine. Oh, wow. And I mean, it was was about that that big. And I, I drank about half of it. So by the time you got there, you were highly flammable. I was, yes. I would just, I already go up in flames. I already burned the building down, but (laughs) (laughs) even more so. And so now whenever I listen to pop music like that, I'm just taken back to that season of my life of nearly killing myself. Like I probably should have been hospitalized after that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, good times. (laughs) Anyway, so this is like... This is like that kind of music 2.0, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, fresh yeah. music that I can enjoy yeah. without those associations. No, I, I love that. I hope that it doesn't sound too snarky to say, like right before our it band does. initially yes. broke it up, it will. It's it gonna, will. It's going to. I'm just going to lean into it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We had done, we had just done a bunch of shows with a band called 21 Pilots. So like they are now, they're one of Huge. the biggest bands they're gigantic. in the universe. Yeah. Um, they've won Grammys, done all kinds of really cool stuff. And I remember playing these shows with them and like watching them get on stage. And I, I thought that they were immensely talented. And also kind of fun hangs as well. But I wasn't quite, I wasn't into their music yeah. at all. That's not a secret. Like, I'm pretty sure I've said that before. Everybody's just like into different stuff. And it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. I, I have friends whose work I'm not really all that into, but I love what they're doing nonetheless. Right. Like, I love their skill. I, I admire their skill. Right. And their or, mastery, or their process. Or their process. Yes. And I'm like, but you know, the end result isn't quite my cup so of that's tea. And that's totally fine. fair. Like, so I think that would be a totally fair assumption about me with 21 Pilots. Like, hmm. immensely talented guys. I'm just like, what for whatever reason, it's not something that I reach for on my Spotify. But having said that, with this song, it was I was kind of like I was in a place where I was like, well, I wonder if I were if I were like making fun of a track that 21 Pilots did. <laughs> 
what would that sound like? And so I, the initial thoughts and ideas, like the little lead line at the beginning of it, all of that stuff kind of comes from like some older 21 pilot stuff that I remember hearing. And I was like, well, I wonder what would happen if I just kind of make, make fun of this and parody it for a second. Yeah. And then ultimately ended up becoming this song. Which is a really cool song. Yeah. But and I hope that I hope that nobody finds that offensive. There's like there's a lot of times where I'll throw on different bands in the studio if I'm like, well, I'm not it's not really feeling anything today. Hmm. I could throw on like a no FX track or something by metric or even old like ELO. Mm-hmm. And there's a cool vibe there. There's one thing I can say about that band. They have an immense amount of vibe and super, super cool production qualities and values to what they do. So, yeah. And I just thought in that spirit, why not just kind of make a poppy little happy throwaway song? I love it. Yeah. It's great. All right. Shall we move on? Is that enough commentary on that um, one? When I'm looking through the lyrics, so the put a fist through a rich kid's mouth it is actually comes from a band that we were on tour with who the lead singer was a rich kid. And you wanted to put a he, fist through his mouth? He was a complete asshole. <laughs> okay. What, okay. So, so question. What is it with so many bands? Yeah. Who are such assholes. I think it's because they take themselves so seriously. And they're so insecure. Right. Their ego is so fragile. There's massive insecurity. As soon as they as soon as they encounter somebody who doesn't buy into their ego, they feel someone who is or someone who might be doing something different or doing something better than them. Yeah, maybe. I I try not to take it too far to where like I end up being the hero in that situation. You are the hero. But I'm You are the Lord and Savior, Matt. You are my Lord and Savior. That's, We've already covered this. I'm putting in my six weeks notice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was this kid who we were on tour with, and I remember we had all had like a pretty, um, a pretty crazy show. Oh, a and lot I of have stuff. to say, by yeah. the way, I have been this person that you're talking. You've about. You've been this person. I have been this person. Wait till you hear the rest of the story. Okay. Because I don't want, I don't want to think about you as being. No, person. I have. I can just say. The, the person with the fragile oh, ego, no. the person who's been a douchebag and super fragile, yeah. super insecure, that has been me. Yeah. A younger Steven, that that was me. Yes. 100%. So I'm not I'm not saying any of this like out of malice. Okay. Okay, just a heads no, up. No, and Continue. I'm not either. I'm just telling you like my just telling encounter a story. with this, because I hate talking shit about people. Okay, sorry but this to interrupt. Was, I can't let this go still to this day. Okay, sorry we to interrupt. We have played this show. The show was like a little bit weird. It was kind of rough. There was a really good crowd there, but it was just, there were some technical issues and different things. So I, everybody was a little bit on edge, super ready to get their beds at the hotel and go to sleep. So we all, all the bands pull up to this hotel. We're all like loading in here. Some of us are sitting around the lobby just kind of waiting for the tour manager to show up So because all the keys are under his name. I just remember this lead singer walking up to walking up to this receptionist. Is that what you would call them at a hotel? A receptionist? Front desk. Front desk at the hotel and ask for his keys. The lady clearly couldn't find the keys or didn't feel like she was able to give him the keys to his room because his room wasn't in his name. It was under the tour manager's name, which is what we're all sitting there waiting for. This kid goes ballistic. I had never seen him behave this way before. He started calling her names. He was telling her that she was awful at her. He's screaming this at her in the lobby. And we're all sitting around kind of watching it happen. Oh, dear. And he tells her that he wants his goddamn keys and that he doesn't matter. Like, she should be professional enough to to read the room and to give him what he asked for. Then he tells her that she's fucking terrible at her job and 
that she's better off working somewhere like Walmart <clears throat> where all the other idiots work. Wow. And so we're all kind of sitting here like watching the volume raise oh, on this no. situation. So finally, I don't know what transpires between them, but we're all kind of looking at each other and I push away from the table and stand up because I'm about to go over here and just punch this. This poor lady is not being belligerent to this to this guy yeah. whatsoever. She's, She's just, just doing trying her job. to explain what's going on. Yeah. And he's not having any of it. And I, I'm not a violent person. I have chronic dreams where I'm trying to punch people and I can't. Because <laughs> oh my, my punches God, me are too. too slow. Oh my God, me too. Yes. It's like punching through molasses. <laughs> I can't imagine inflicting or... harm on another person. <laughs> like in real life, I'm just not that guy. Yeah. Low testosterone levels or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but. I was about to, I, like, I felt like I was completely within my right to just go over here and beat the shit out of this kid. Yeah. Because of how he was responding to this girl. And I got up to walk over there, and as soon as I stood up, she grabs keys and hands it to him, and he walks away, <sighs> yelling insults to her the entire time. Oh, my God. But I was just like, that was the one time where I felt like I would have been completely within my right. Yeah. Was this a band that <laughs> any of us shit out of somebody? would recognize? I don't want to say who the band is because I'm not. Of course. I'm no, not trying but, to talk shit. But th that's course. my story. That was my experience that I had with this person. And I still, it still gives me chills when I think about how absolutely grotesque he was yeah. to this poor girl. So, so I never went to those heights of douchebaggery, but I, I, I can unfortunately relate yeah. to that story. I've been on both sides of that, you know, yeah. like being the, uh, being the customer service person mm. on the receiving end of it. Oh, no. And, you know, being the manager that, that people have to talk to. <laughs> the I yeah. want to talk to your manager lady, the Sharons <laughs> and the Karens. <laughs> I have, I have had to face off with so many Karens, but I've also been the horrifically terrible douchebag. Not, not necessarily to service workers, <laughs> but to, to other people. Yeah. And you know what broke that in me was actually depression. What, what broke that whole cycle of just toxic fragile masculinity and arrogance. Do you think that it brought about a sense of empathy in you for others? It brought about a sense of empathy, but it also kind of just brought me to my absolute lowest. And <laughs> and it and it reset everything. So sorry. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> no, it, it just that the experience of extreme brokenness and depression yeah. reset my expectations for life. Mm. It used to be that and this kind of ties into not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. This ties into being able to laugh at yourself as an artist and just be comfortable with where you are and being able to, I don't know, be grateful and and accept your weird fans. We both have very weird fans. Yeah. And we love them so much. It's very I true. love my weird little <laughs> satanic flock. And yeah. <laughs> but it re yeah, the experience of extreme depression reset my expectations for life. Where it used to be that it's like if I'm not the absolute best, then I'm not mm, good enough. Yeah. And that therefore meant that whenever I encountered someone better than me or someone who had more popularity than me or some more skill than me, I was deeply threatened. It shatters your world. It shattered my world. Mm. It just, it devastated me. Yeah. But it got to the point, my depression got to the point 
and my anxiety, it it got to the level of I would wake up in the morning screaming in pain because mm. it felt like my brain was on fire. Yeah. And just nonstop pain. It Andrew Solomon, the author, talks about the feeling as like when you trip on the street and there's that momentary void in your body. Yeah. And it's horrible, that horrible, horrible feeling. Right. It's that feeling 24 mm. 7. And when it, when that finally lifted, yeah. it's like, as long as I'm not feeling that, life is great. Mm. Life is so good. And as long as there are people enjoying my work, and as long yeah. as I have friends, and as long as I have people I can care for, and as long as I'm making stuff yeah. that makes me happy and this little group of people happy, it's like life is great. It I'm so, suddenly I'm so reset. Glad that you said that. Yeah. It reset everything. I feel like that's exactly the spirit and the vibe of what I was trying to do with this song. It's just yeah. a reminder to not take yourself seriously that as much as we love things that feed our ego there's no joy in that it's just self-satisfaction you know what i mean it's not yeah. true joy true joy i feel like is the absence of that it's the absence of ego it's the being able to kind of poke fun at yourself and, and you know the most pleasurable moments in life i think the, mm -hmm. the the moments of the most pure joy and pleasure and fulfillment are times when we actually completely forget ourselves. Mm. You know, we're, we so have true. these brains that are so developed that they're constantly telling these stories. We're constantly simulating the past and the future and like this story of the self, this story yeah. about who we are. Yeah. And that helps us survive, but it's also kind of this persistent form of suffering. Mm. The times that people experience the greatest joy is when we're finally able to shut down that story yes when we're finally able to turn off that narrative and so it's called you know the flow state where you and part of that is just ego obliteration yes. your your sense of self that story that's just constantly yammering in the yeah. background about who you are and what you did yesterday or what you're going to do in the future or how that person slighted you or how yeah. you feel about someone or something that story gets shut down and suddenly you're out of yourself. Yeah. And so it's like the most awesome experiences of media or with friendship or having sex or drug experiences. You know, they're positive and negative ways to experience right. that. But really, when people are pursuing pleasure, I think it's always to shut down that story. Right. About ourselves. Mm. That that never ending ego talk. Yeah. And those are the most blissful and amazing experiences in our life. I love that. I love the little reminders to put in a different tape about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we can move on from that song to the next one. Is this is this the Red Cup one? This is, <laughs> this, is red, this is the Red Cup. Okay. Song. I of all the songs on this album, I think this one is the goofiest, and I love it. It absolutely is. I I love this song, and it's so ridiculous. Yeah, this was. I, I, I'm pretty sure that this song came the quickest in terms of like <laughs> <laughs> in terms of writing. Because um, this is, I still look at this right now, and I'm like, um, it's did we say the name of this song? It's, it's almost completely freeform. Yeah, this song is called Battle Cats, um, and it's just like a like a big kind of bro down high five like <laughs> nerd computer rock song 90s growing up in the 90s yeah it's vibe. just yeah pop culture references and everything i feel like that's yeah this is where all of that just kind of turned into 90s 2000s pop culture vomit this is a listening to this i definitely overdose on pop culture references <laughs> 
<laughs> I like to see how many I can fit in. Literally every single fucking line. line. <laughs> <laughs> Almost in the pop culture handout. I feel like it had been a really long time since we had wrote like a party song that just kind of was like, let your freak flag fly. Uh -huh. And to me, that's kind of what this song ended up being. With like little bits of, of actual snarkiness in there. Like, All right. Shall I do a shall I do a reading? Yeah, which what do you want to do the reading of? Let's do the second one. Okay. <clears throat> they call me Red Cup cuz I'm solo. Going full metal nerd on some chad in a polo. Taking up my downtown areas in slow-mo. This ain't the ocean bother why y'all got a showboat. Jesus Christ that line. To say brother. <laughs> Brother, oh, <laughs> I was like, this makes no sense. Okay, right. <laughs> hold up, y'all should know though. I, what? I had Hadouken, Hadouken, Hadouken. <laughs> I Hadouken like Street Fighter Two Turbo. Find your Zen, find your inner slow globe. Is it slow it's globe or snow globe? God damn it, Matt! I know, I didn't know, I didn't know proofreading <laughs> on these lyrics. That's okay. Um. But you got to, but you got a lot to lose if you choose to be a bro, though. <laughs> so, Matt, what does this mean? This is so that verse uh -huh. is complete revenge fantasy on my part. Okay. Yeah, for really, <laughs> really dumb reasons. I feel like there's a lot of revenge fantasy in these lyrics. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah, I do feel like this is kind of a revenge fantasy song. Like imagining myself being a lot tougher than I actually am in real life <laughs> is where a lot of these lyrics come from. And even when I'm trying to be tough, it still comes out like a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So, like, that verse is me imagining being able to exact revenge on all of the, like, yuppie, yuppie um, bros. upper class bros that are, like, completely taking over everything in Asheville. Oh, my God. Right yes. now, like, all these cool breweries and places, like, night spots that we used to love to go to. Yeah. Now we can't because it's all these guys. Yeah, I was like, always on Lexington Avenue. On business trips with their escorts, and they are just... Shit faced hammered, vomiting everywhere, like I I just know. Completely killing my vibe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if downtown Asheville right now. And that sounds a little boomer of me. Like I, I get it. Like, well, Matt, places grow and things get more successful and, and bigger and like that's what happens to yes, every town that's grow. doing well for itself. And I'm so happy that they are but sometimes but, like cancer right sometimes like goddamn tumors and this right. is a tumor yeah yeah it yeah, needs yeah, yeah. to it needs to be cut <laughs> out or it's just a sad reality of what happens when something gets really popular like yeah, it gets watered too. down and that too and becomes harder for people to enjoy the little the little nuggets in there <laughs> so the, as the sparkles as, as you're talking about revenge fantasy uh just last night actually someone a really good friend of mine after a, a really good friend of mine was like so what do you do when you're realizing that you are super dysfunctional and you need therapy but you can't afford therapy and i looked at her and i was like so what you do you go buy a <laughs> mic <laughs> you start a podcast right <laughs> or you start writing songs about it yes. or you start a blog like when you can't afford therapy do what we do yes that, write songs so about it, start a podcast, and, or write a blog, or whatever. That's what you do. No, you can't it's, afford therapy. It's so true. I feel like <laughs> it's kind of what the artistry is. Like, this is a complete, like, fluff, throwaway song, but 
in a lot of ways, it's really cathartic for me, and I yeah. I love it. It's a it's a little joy pill. Out here, like Bagheera and a man cub, lips zipped like the first rule of Fight Club. Just a champion made out of mighty mighty duck stuff. If you're bored with a Gryffindor, come cuddle with a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. still me trying to be like hip hop tough to no avail <laughs> I, <laughs> whatsoever. I think you're doing it wrong. This is you. Tr- trying to be hip-hop tough what is that <laughs> like eminem like what does that mean oh maybe <laughs> i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be so presumptuous as to assume that i can even approximate any of that because i'm not that guy but this was just a fun thought experiment for me that okay i was like a lot of our fans are nerds anyway so absolutely it's like people people will probably enjoy that i hope they do yeah your fans are great i hear from a lot of them because they start listening to sacred tension i love that yeah i love our, it too i'm so proud of our fan base like the 11 fans i feel be. like we've always been that band that kind of attracts the the weird outsiders we've never been like a band that the mean girls are gonna be into if that makes <laughs> sense like regina george is not gonna bump battle cats for sure yeah okay so speaking of which it, that just conjures memories of last year at Wild Goose when it was right after you played and I was running your merch table <laughs> and, and this poor dorky kid, just the sweetest kid. And he had like a bit of a lisp and he had the glasses <laughs> and he was definitely in like chess club. Yeah, he was dead or a band kid. It, he was me. Like, that's the way I was when I was in middle school. Like, yeah. I was the most awkward. No, that was me dorky. too. Dorky. Yes, exactly. Couldn't hold a conversation. Yeah, couldn't hold life. a conversation. And for those who don't know, Wild Goose is this kind of festival way, way out in the woods and there's no internet connection for these poor kids who get dragged there by their parents. Yeah. And and it's all <laughs> and it's a bunch of like cafe music with like you know lesbians strumming on guitars like lesbian which, folk rock yeah which is great yeah. i love that it's uh, and it's a really really cool space but this kid super dorky came up to me he was like thank you so much <laughs> this is the kind of music i listen to and there isn't any internet connection here <laughs> and i haven't been able to listen to it thank you so much <laughs> I love it so much. Like, it was so sweet. It's so adorable. And I'm like, I'm so glad. I'm happy for you. I know. It was super cute. I love being but a little piece of the internet when the Wi-Fi is off. <laughs> you are cat memes. That's it. You are, you are, yes, I'm, my brain is glitching on uh, no. <laughs> other internet references. No. You are Reddit. No, don't be Reddit. That place is terrifying. How are we doing on time, by the way? Rebecca? How how are we doing? Uh, we're, we're good. We can probably okay. Yeah. So I mean, I guess closing thoughts on these two songs, like they really are. They really are like artisan crafted to be like some pump me up espresso shots. Yeah. Of, of pop music and so dorky and so stupid. So dorky is it? But and, and I love it. But the it. weird thing is, I feel like they they are pretty reflective. Yes, of they like are. Who like we are like, as a band and how goofy we actually are. In like real if life. you get beneath the surface, there's actually a lot there. I'm suddenly reminded of John Waters, where he says, "To have very bad taste, you have to have very good taste." Mm. And I think this is reflective of that. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, like this, like it's so stupid. Like these songs are just so dorky and so much fun. But I think in order to craft a really stupid, silly song, 
you have to actually be a pretty good musician. Oh. In my opinion. I hope that's true. <laughs> it is true. No, you're a wizard. You're a fucking wizard. Uh, you're, you're so good at what you sweet. do. Okay. Well, we've moving gone, on. We've gone the time for this one, so I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. We might even put these out back to back, but I just want to make sure that we're not be getting too rambly and that we make sure that the commentary for this record can be digested in bite-sized bits. Yeah. So I'm probably not the best person to have on if you don't want it to be rambly. You're not. Oh, you're yeah, not. I know. But I like having you here. I like being so. here. <laughs> All right, so we will see you next week on 11D Life and Sacred Tension. Bye. Yeah. Sure.